Welcome to the Power Trends Podcast, produced by the New York Independent System Operator, where we discuss energy planning, public policy, and other issues affecting New York's power grid. Welcome back to the Power Trends Podcast. This is episode nine. My name is Kevin Lanahan. I'm Vice President of External Affairs and Corporate Communications for the New York ISO. And today we are pleased to be speaking with the two principal architects of the NISO's flagship publication called Power Trends, which is also the namesake for the title of our podcast, Ray Stalter, our Director of Regulatory Affairs, and Gary Davidson, Principal in Regulatory Affairs. Welcome to the Power Trends podcast. Thanks very much, Kevin. Pleasure to be here, Kevin. So our annual publication, Power Trends, is developed by a matrix team across the breadth of the NISO workforce. But Ray and Gary certainly lead the project. And today we're going to have a discussion about how we put that book together, provide a detailed look at the state of the NISO's wholesale energy markets and the trends and influences that are affecting and shaping the electric grid. This year's title of Power Trends is the vision for a greener grid. We're definitely going to dive into those details. We consider Power Trends to deliver on part of our mission, which is to be the authoritative source of information and data about the changing electric grid. Power Trends is read by both energy industry experts, uh, policymakers, lawmakers, and we have come to know that Power Trends definitely informs also the general public on actions that the NISO is taking to harmonize the grid and the markets with the state's aggressive public policies. It's a huge effort putting this book together. It takes months and in a sequestered state and made it ever more challenging. So thanks, guys, for putting this together. It's a terrific addition. And already we're hearing from stakeholders, especially that it's a powerful book this year. We really appreciate that, Kevin. And, you know, we're pleased to lead a team of folks across the organization. It really does involve the engagement and hard work of pretty much every department within the company. Before we get into the details, let's dive into the major themes. Ray, walk us through the key themes of the 2020 Power Trends. Sure. Happy to, Kevin. For 2020, Power Trends highlights key trends, challenges, and opportunities for wholesale electricity markets in New York. When we began production of the book, our focus was on the implications of the Climate and Leadership and Community Protection Act, also known as the CLCPA, and how that act would shape our grid of the future. Of course, that focus quickly changed with the COVID-19 outbreak. Yeah, definitely is. I think we're managing for uncertainty more than we are for change at this point. But one thing that's certain are the CLCPA goals that you mentioned, Ray. And Gary, if you can walk us through and remind listeners of what those are. Uh, Sure. Well, the uh, CLCPA or the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act uh, is a law that was signed into law earlier this year uh, with the the state budget. So the law calls for uh, very aggressive renewable goals, as I mentioned, and including some specific technology goals. Uh, It requires that 9,000 megawatts of offshore wind be installed by 2035, 6,000 megawatts of solar photovoltaics or solar PV resources on the system by 2025. Uh, and about uh, 3,000 megawatts of storage resources by 2030. 
So it's a very aggressive goal aimed towards getting the grid to zero emissions by 2040. The good news in that front is that, and Powertrend spells this out, in 2019, just about 60% of the energy supplied in New York State or generated in New York State came from zero-emitting resources. That includes nuclear resources, wind resources, and hydro resources. But to get to that last 40%, to get that last 40% of emissions off the grid, we really are going to need some innovations, some new technologies. The fossil fuel resources that are still on the grid today provide very valuable reliability services that are able to be dispatched by operators to specific points and, and operate for as long as needed to keep the grid reliable. To get to 100% zero emission grid, we're going to need sort of a portfolio of uh, zero emitting resources that can match those capabilities that we currently get from fossil fuel resources. Uh, before we dive too much further into the details and the data and analysis and power trends, Let's talk a little bit about how the book comes together. What are the first steps? When do we begin? So at the risk of uh, sounding kind of cliche, the, the process almost never really ends. We issued Power Trends 2020 on June 10th of this year. And by June 15th, we were meeting with stakeholders in our annual joint board and management committee meeting. And that's, that's a meeting that really is at the heart of our, our strategic planning process. It's, it's a lot of collaboration, as I mentioned earlier, not just across the organization with the different departments, but even up and down through the chain of command as well, senior management. Uh, it takes several months. And as uh, Ray mentioned earlier, the, the COVID outbreak this year complicated things. We had to, had to kind of take some time and figure out what does this COVID situation mean for longer term challenges of the organization and how should that be reflected in the document itself? Gary, the COVID situation, as you point out, um, threw a little bit of a curveball to us, not just in the, the drafting and the putting together of the book, but in trying to uh, understand what those impacts were to be on the grid and with consumers. And we're still parsing through that. The book does address that and uh, talks about the impacts on, uh, on the load and what we might expect. A lot of the analysis in the data comes from the gold book. So I wonder if we might just mention what the gold book is and how that influences putting together power trends. And then I'd like to get into describing for the listeners who we believe our audiences are and how that readership is evolving. The Gold Book is sort of the other annual feature publication that the NISO assembles. It's primarily a, a document that our planning department spearheads, and it's very numbers intensive. It is essentially looking at all of the data that you can imagine in terms of it, you know, individual power plant operations data collectively, the, you know, what's the fuel mix. The, the Gold Book is, is effectively at the core of power trends. I think in the past, the view was almost that power trends is sort of the illustrative narrative for the Gold Book. More recently, we've made an effort to bring those statistics and Gold Book numbers to life a little more and, and put them into the context of uh, what's happening around us in terms of public policy and in terms of technology development as well. Ray, you and I sat around years ago now at this point and focused in on the readership. We wanted to be able to expand the readership. Certainly stakeholders and market participants that are familiar with the grid and a lot of the technical aspects of what goes into planning for the grid of the future, familiar with power trends and the issues, but we wanted to make sure that Power Trends was getting read by lawmakers. Let's talk a, a bit about how we've evolved Power Trends and made extra efforts to, to distill the, uh, the 
complex information down into meaningful, easily digestible pieces. We wanted to put more context around the data to tell the story of the data. And to do that, uh, we worked very hard at enhancing the graphics and worked with our great team that, that does that work. What we're really trying to do is educate audiences on what that information means. What does that data mean? What kind of context can we put around? What does it mean to a, an elected official that's trying to look at different policy decisions that are being made and needs information to be better informed and when making those decisions? That's what Power Trends tries to do. Yeah, I believe that that shows as well. And a special shout out um, and thank you to Karen Lane, their graphic design specialist, who put a tremendous amount of effort, thought, creativity into those graphics to make them, as you said, easily understandable. She uh, every year raises the bar. Without question. In addition to being the authoritative source of information, part of our mission is planning the grid of the future. Can you talk a little bit about what people are going to find in that section of the book where we focus in on how we're planning for uh, the changes in the CLCPA. Our planning folks are incredibly busy this time of year. We have a number of efforts underway to look at the implications of these various state public policies and what the future of the grid looks like in New York. The idea behind all of these studies is to not only inform policymakers as they're making decisions, but also inform the marketplace, inform investors, and inform our market design folks, you know, what are the market design features that are needed as we anticipate the changes to the system? One of the leading study efforts that is underway right now is something we refer to as CARES, which looks at our forward transmission needs. Within that analysis, we're doing a 70% by 2030, which is part of the CLCPA goals, looking at what that grid looks like and what the system needs as a result. We also are conducting our reliability needs assessment, which puts out a signal to investors and allows investors to come in and address those needs if they, they are identified. Finally, we're looking at uh, different climate studies and different scenarios that we may anticipate in, the, in future years. All of this, again, is designed to inform the public, inform policymakers, inform investors, inform ourselves as we're trying to enhance our capabilities to put out effective market signals and effective planning efforts to anticipate the needs of the future. Gary, people, when they read the section on the market design changes to address the grid of the future, walk us through some of those items. There's a number of market design efforts underway. They are largely being informed now by our planning processes. So that help us sort of understand what the system needs might be. And then we figure out how do we elicit those needs through our competitive markets. And we've got a number of efforts underway. Notably, carbon pricing is certainly the strongest initiative that we can undertake to better align the incentives in our markets with the public policy and mandates. So carbon pricing helps to attract investment in lower emitting and zero emitting resources. That's a key component to moving towards that end state, that uh, 70 by 30 and 100% zero emission by 2040. In addition to carbon pricing, though, there are, are really a number of efforts uh, underway in our, that are much more nuanced and, and sort of in the weeds of the energy sector. These are our energy and ancillary service markets. Uh, ancillary services are, are all of the functions that generators and, and in some cases responsive load can provide to balance the grid. Going forward, we'll, we'll need to account for the intermittency of renewable resources. So we'll need things like fast ramping capabilities from our our suppliers so that, that that requires some 
tweaks to our market to attract that kind of resource and to make sure those resources are available on the grid when we need them. And, and I think ramping is probably the best and simplest example of, of the types of new capabilities that we'll need as we get closer to this uh, 70 by 30 scenarios, this, uh, this much more renewable intensive grid. Powertrend certainly walks through all of those market uh, initiatives. The other thing that we address this year is transmission need to get those renewables that are prevalent in upstate New York, primarily wind and hydro, down to the load centers in Westchester County in New York City. I think it was three editions ago that we coined the phrase, a tale of two grids to highlight the transmission needs in the state. I think that message has gotten through to policymakers. There is a heightened awareness to the transmission needs. So can you walk us through what that refers to and what that means and and how they'll read about it in the book? Yeah, so the tale of two grids really kind of reflects the supply makeup and the load dynamics on the grid. If you think of New York as upstate and downstate, you know, downstate is well, what we would consider the, the Hudson Valley, New York City, Long Island region. That's where the load is. That's where more than half of our, uh, our demand for energy comes from. From a supply standpoint, though, especially from a clean energy supply standpoint, most of that is located in upstate, north and west of the capital region. And transmission constraints on the bulk power system in that corridor from central New York down through the Hudson Valley are constrained. And really, it's an issue that's been identified for probably a couple of decades now. But with the ramping up of, of clean energy goals that the state has undertaken, it's really drawn a spotlight on the issue that it's quite simply we can't achieve those goals with the present bulk power system the way, the way it's configured. Ray, we don't just put the book out and, uh, and hope for people to read it. We support the book with a landing page on our website, nyiso.com backslash power trends. If you can just describe for people the wealth of collateral information that they might find on that landing page. Yes. Uh, last year, we introduced the landing page to Power Trends on our website. Of course, you can access the full book and we encourage you to read it cover to cover. But we also provide a brief executive summary, all the figures and graphics. We provide presentation material. The idea here, again, is to educate and enhance accessibility to all of this information, make it as easy as possible for folks that don't necessarily follow the energy industry every day, but really just want to know what's important for them, for their decisions, for their jobs and their objectives. We also feature the media briefing that was given by our president and CEO, Rich Dewey, and executive vice president, Emily Nelson. So for folks that want to listen to presentation as they step through the graphics, that is there also. And a reminder to our listeners that they can access the report and a lot of other supporting documents and information at nyiso.com backslash power trends. Well, I'm grateful to you and to Gary who sacrifice an awful lot to make sure that it gets across the finish line in in, uh, the excellent form that it is. So uh, on behalf of the entire New York ISO and, and the readers out there, thank you both for your hard work on the document. Cheer you raised the bar, and this year is certainly no exception. And thanks for joining us on this edition of Power Trends. Thanks very much, Kevin. It's our pleasure. Yeah, really, Kevin. Thank you very much. It's a labor of love uh, working on Power Trends, and happy to uh, be a part. Thank you for joining us. As a reminder, the New York Independent System Operator, NISO for short, 
is responsible for reliably managing New York's power grid and energy markets and providing independent data to policymakers and the public. For more independent info, please visit the NISO blog at www.nyiso.com blog.